Warning. Deep Fix contains adult content and language. So if you don't touch processed foods but eat gummy bears, this may not be for you. And now, Deep Fix. Hello, and welcome to Deep Fix, where we get a fix of all of our favorite obsessions. I'm your host, Jen B. And this season, we are diving deep into the iconic Real Housewives of New York City, seasons one through three. And this episode, we are breaking down part two of the Roni season two reunion. Watch what happens. Now, let's get our fix. So last episode, we did our breakdown of part one of the Roni season two reunion. So now we are on part two, which is the final part of Roni season two reunion. And it's where we get into all the real juicy stuff. The Bethany Kelly drama, a lot of the Ramona and Jill drama. They definitely saved the best for last. And it's funny to watch this because they eventually, for season three, do a three-part reunion, which with Scary Island and all of the Jill and Bethany drama, it was definitely warranted. But you know, if this was a Real Housewives of New York City reunion done today, with all of the drama that happened in season two, they definitely would have made this a three-parter. And as Andy says when he starts the episode, there was so much drama, they could not just keep it a one-hour special, which was what their original intention was. And so here we get a two-part reunion, the first two-part reunion in Housewives history, because as I said, the Real Housewives of New York City, the beginning seasons, set the tone for all Housewives to come. And as we discussed in the previous episode, these beginning seasons and the first couple of these reunions are so epic because they're authentic. Right away, you can see the look is a bit different because all the women are wearing whatever they want. There's nothing matched. There's nothing produced, nothing phony about it. And it's why we loved the show. They don't really know yet how to produce themselves on the shows. And so therefore, we're just getting honest reactions, honest personalities, and they don't manufacture yet their storyline. It's part of why I love and why all of us loved the early shows, especially Roni. We hadn't seen anything like this before. As I said, they were the trailblazers that blazed that path for all of the other Real Housewives cities to follow. And since we're at the final part of the reunion, we are one step closer to what really put the end cap on the first three seasons. It's the penultimate episode, season three of Real Housewives of New York City. We are one step away. So buckle your seatbelts because we're about to get there. And because this is a deep dive of the reunion show, there's no turtle time this episode. So let's get right into it with Mention It All. For part two of the reunion, we open back up on Cipriani's Wall Street. But they don't forget to give you a glimpse inside what Andy said in the beginning of the first part, which is it was so drama-filled and took so long to film that it had to be a two-parter. So we get Andy opening it up. He calls it a Watch What Happens Real Housewives special, which is interesting to see because clearly Bravo and Andy are still not totally in sync with what they're going to call these reunions. 
They're still kind of throwing in reunion, Real Housewives special. They're entitled Watch What Happens, which is clearly one of Andy's taglines or go-to sayings because we're not that far off from him starting Watch What Happens Live. So clearly that's part of the saying that was supposed to be a Real Housewives thing and then a Bravo thing probably. So we're reminded that this was epic. It was huge. There was a lot of drama. They filmed all day, which was new for them. This was not normally an all-day filming extravaganza, which they've turned into now. And the housewives probably expect it to be something like that. And you can see right from the jump, because when they do their first commercial break, they show a little bit of the behind the scenes where the ladies say, okay, how much more do we have? And Andy says, that was just scene one. And you see all of them say, what? And Andy's like, yeah, that was just scene one. So clearly this was taking much longer to dig through and wade through all of the drama than that was anticipated. And also I like it. It's the first time that they show us a bit of the behind the scenes because they open up with Andy explaining that it was a two-parter because of so much drama. And before they jump into the episode, they give us a little bit of those behind the the scene shots, which we're totally used to now, but it shows the hair and makeup people coming and touching them up. All of the behind the scenes people are on the the stage still before they've started shooting. And so again, they're blazing the trail. We haven't seen that yet. They, They give us their first glimpse in Roni season two. And because they played some of the ladies' packages, their video packages, in part one, we're going to get the remainder of the packages in part two. And Andy starts right in with Kelly, and he explains that Kelly was surrounded by two things this season, one hot guys and two drama. And then, of course, they launch into her video package. I think they they do such a great job, even though they're always a bit shady, of, of portraying who the women are for that season. Because her video package is really all just about parties, fashion, and then, of course, the Bethany drama, which is really what put this season on the map. And I love these packages, too, because since it goes all the way back to the beginning of the season, even on rewatching these, you forget some of these epic scenes and some of these funny moments because you're 12, 13 episodes in by that point. So it's always fun to see these packages. And they start with Kelly, with her and um, she and Ramona, they're sitting at the fashion show. I believe it's the Badgley Mishka fashion show that Ramona invited Kelly to. And then if you remember, Kelly goes on to say she's introducing all of the women to the world of fashion. And of course, they pick the best clip. So they show when Kelly says, you know, why would I be jealous of Bethany? It would be like, like me being jealous of you, Ramona. And don't forget at the reunions, they always have the little picture-in-picture box down at the bottom showing the women's live reaction when they're sitting at the reunion watching these, these video packages play back. And you see Jill say, that's a dig, honey, to Kelly. And it was kind of my first hint that something has happened in between the end of filming and the reunion where Jill is no longer going hard for Kelly and helping her regain her reputation. And I'm sure it has something to do with the domestic violence arrest that Kelly had uh, after shooting the second season. But Jill has clearly jumped ship, although she's going to jump ship again, as we all know, in season three. But that's our first little hint that Jill isn't going to ride hard for Kelly during this reunion. But her package goes on with her jumping to parties and saying that if she shows up, she can show up for five minutes. It's totally fine. It's respectful, at least to be, for her to be there. And they don't need her to stay the whole time. Shows her surrounding herself by, with all the men and all the parties. 
And when the package is over, Andy comes right in and says, you say on your blog, and remember, as I reminded us all, they used to be contractually obligated to do their weekly blog when blogs were a thing. So Andy points out that Kelly said on her blog, she joined the show to give the world a new kind of housewife. And Andy asks, what did you mean by that? And in typical Kelly fashion, we get a nonsensical answer. And she says, well, you know, life has no price and like cartwheels have no price. And it's like, what? I mean, we start off right out the gate with cuckoo doodle do. I mean, it is even I I love it because you kind of see they flash to the couch where Bethany and Jill and Luann are sitting and all of their faces have these quizzical looks at them like, what the hell is she talking about? Like cartwheels have no price. Okay, whatever. But she goes on to talk about the way and you can tell it's how she wants to be portrayed. It's not who she is. She says that she lives a very relaxed life and she's super bohemian. And then she goes down the line to each of the housewives and she says that Jill's her favorite. Jill, like, for instance, Jill, she says, Jill has a ton of diamonds, like, and they're like as big as her eyes, right? And then she moves on to Bethany and says that Bethany's super sexy. And then she moves on to Luann and Luann's super classy and charitable. And Ramona's a super awesome businesswoman. And Alex is super smart. And she's just different. And she wants to show that there's a different type of housewife. And as she makes it very clear to point out, you know, come on, you guys, I drive a Dodge Ram, like I'm really just totally granola and awesome. And Bethany just right from the start calls bullshit. She's like, look, we get it. You don't have to keep acting like you're down to earth and you're super in touch with everybody. If it's true, the audience is going to see it, Bethany says. But Kelly just can't let it go. And she goes on and on about how different she is from the other ladies And again, because remember, Jill is not going to ride for Kelly during this this reunion. And Jill interjects with Kelly, give us a break. You live in a $15 million house in the Hamptons and you have one of the most expensive apartments in New York City. You go to more parties than she's ever been invited to in her entire life. Like, I'm sorry, but you're really not that different from us. And as Jill puts it, your house is much bigger than mine. And I think it's so funny because Kelly's like, really? And at this point, Kelly's been over to Jill's house a couple of times. It's really not that shocking that she lives in a really expensive New York City apartment that is bigger than Jill's. It's just, it's very delusional, but it's Kelly. So are we really that surprised? And Luann jumps in and says, you know, I'm really just starting to think that you believe that you are up here and we're all down here. It's like, boom, awesome callback, Luann. Ramona loves it. She giggles. Andy says, oh, don't worry, we're going to get there. And then Kelly, because she just can't stop, she's going on. But yeah, I'm different. I'm an insular person. I'm very private. And Bethany, again, just calls BS. She's like, you're not insular. You're at every party. And Kelly jumps in and says, yeah, but I'm only there for five minutes. And Bethany's like, yeah, but that's not insular. Insular people don't go to 100 parties a night, even if just for five minutes. And then it's called out. Yeah. And if you're so private, why would you take a reality show? And I think it's so funny because you can tell how Kelly lives in this fake Hollywood model socialite world because she says, I took the show because and just the verb I took the show to me says it all that she really does see it as some sort of kind of fake adventure as opposed to just doing the show, right? Living your life. She took the show like it was she's booked. She's a she's a someone who's got an agent and she booked the show. 
But she says she took the show because she wanted to get away from things and do something totally that she wouldn't normally do. And as Bethany calls it out, she's like, this isn't getting away from things. This is getting right in the middle of things. So the ladies kind of banter about whether Kelly really is that different and why she took the show. And then Kelly makes the claim that she never saw the show the first season before joining. And Bethany and Jill and Luann, they're just not buying it. Bethany's like, I just I don't think you took the show without ever having seen it. And you can tell Bethany says something else, but they edit it out. So I'm really interested into what examples Bethany brought up to show that Kelly indeed had seen the show. But Kelly then goes on to say that she didn't know any of the ladies on top of that before she joined. And Luann is quite surprised by this and and says as much and says, you know, you've been telling the press that you didn't know any of us, but you called me a friend. So what which one is it? And then Kelly, of course, has to say she doesn't really know her that well. She's met her a couple of times. And then Luann calls her out for never calling her back. She says, what happens when I met you in the Hamptons? You gave me your card. You said, come to my bikini book launch party. I called you. You refused to call me back. And Luann goes in even deeper and says, not only that, but you avoid me at parties. Not like you don't say hi to me or bother talking to me. You literally turn your back on me and and like go the other way. Completely avoid me. And then Luann says, you know, our mutual friend who they say is Michael, I don't know who Michael is, but they, Luann says she's asked Michael, why does Kelly treat me this way when she sees her? And Michael apparently said, because she's so jealous of you, which Kelly just can't even take that Luann would say such a thing. And so Kelly, instead of realizing and, and maybe copping to being an asshole, she tries to defend herself and says that maybe she just didn't want to say hi or didn't want to talk. And Bethany says, look, I'm not trying to nail you on the cross here, but I've had these exact same experiences with you. You want to talk to the men and you don't want to talk to the women. And Kelly shoots back with, well, what's the big deal? And Bethany responds with a line that makes all of the kind of clips and the advertising little snippets that they run for the show. It makes all of those little clips where Bethany says, it makes you a piece of shit is what's the big deal. And of course, they loved that one. That one was plastered all over the promotions for the reunion. And then Andy asks Kelly, if you weren't on the show, who would you be friends with? She says Jill Zarin. And Luann points out, you know what, if I hadn't just gone in on Kelly for being an asshole to me, she would have said me. And I think that's probably right, because Kelly definitely came into the show as like a friend of Luann. And finally, Luann, which I kind of like this because she grows a pair of balls. She says, you know what, Kelly, you can't be trusted. And I don't really need to build a friendship with you because you're totally insincere and you're untrustworthy. And then as I've said before, Andy, I love these early reunions too, because Andy doesn't have the favorites. There's not the star of the show. He's not treating some of them with kid gloves like he did with Teresa, most importantly. It's like, oh my God, just call her out for what it is. But he really won't go there with some of the stars of the show or like Kyle. It's like, give it to her. She's playing bullshit. She's playing a game. Don't treat him with kid gloves. And Andy doesn't in these early reunions. And he says there was an article written where it says that Kelly wears rose colored glasses and asks her if she agrees. And she says, yes. And he goes, well, the article goes on to say that you need to seek professional help because you don't see the world in a realistic way. It's like, boom, roasted. I just love it. And Kelly just goes on in her own little typical way and says she likes the world she lives in. She doesn't want to live in negative town and she sees nothing wrong with it. Well, Andy then asks about Max, Maximiliano Palazzo, which I think also is such an interesting insight to who Kelly is, 
how she approached the, sh- the show, and really how inauthentic she is. And she was treating the show like it was some sort of scripted version or some way that she could shape who she is. Because she goes on to say that she does see Max a lot, and he's a great guy. Andy asks if they're friends with benefits, and Kelly says that Jill's asked her the same, but no, she doesn't have friends with benefits. And as she's going on and on, she's explaining that, you know, Max is just a really interesting guy. And she says, because he was so interesting, she wanted to have him on the show in some capacity. And I just thought that is so fucking fake and fraudulent. He's just an interesting guy and you want to have him on the show in some capacity. That's not what the show is. The show isn't getting to pick and choose cool people to have around you on the show. It's supposed to be about your life. And so Bethany can't help but chime in on this one either. She says, you wanted to have him on the show as what, like an imaginary boyfriend? And then Kelly, because she so just clearly doesn't really understand what's going on on planet Earth. She says if she's dating somebody that it's nobody's business and people really shouldn't be asking her about it. And the ladies jump all over her, really all of them do, and say, you're on a reality show. You can't be saying you're dating someone, you're going to put them on the show, but then don't ask me about what's going on. But Kelly just goes round and round in circles. And Ramona, who's kind of coming to Kelly's defense a little bit in this reunion, she finally is like, stop. She stops her, says, you're making no sense. And Ramona says, I'm really starting to wonder if you are the scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz. Remember, the scarecrow has no brain. If I only had a brain. Which I thought it's a great Ramona one-liner. You don't get a whole lot of those. We usually get the Ramona-isms where she mispronounces things or uses the wrong word. But that's a great Ramona one-liner. So they've basically beaten Kelly, not to a pulp, but they've called her out on the bullshit. So they're done with Kelly. And so Andy then turns to Luann. It's time for her package. And he calls Luann the resident advice expert, which should just know he's saying that because they're about to just hammer her. So they launch into Luann's video package. And man, they just really, I feel like the editors just did a number on Luann. They had her number and they did a number on her because they open up her package with her explaining that she thinks the worst thing is people who think they're better than others. And then Ramona clears her throat. They show the little picture in picture of Ramona clearing her throat and Luann saying like, what? But then the shady production just steps right in and they play clip after clip of her acting high and mighty and countess-like. It's so good. And again, the clips are fun. The video packages are fun because you do forget about some of these moments, even the cringeworthy ones. And it's just a good replay because they show Luann at Victoria's little party. I think it's her going away party for boarding school at the racetrack. And Luann just being a total asshole to one of, not an asshole, but really just condescending and, and mocking when she tries to explain when, to one of, the da- one of the girls who asks how you cut up your food. They show her going on that lunch with Bethany where she's trying to give her advice, where she says men are just sick of being e- too equal with women. They really pull every darling, darling. It's just, it's really, it's a good little shady production moment. And when they're done with the clip, Luann, you can tell she's a little embarrassed. And she says, you guys really pulled every Countess moment out of me, didn't you? And then Luann, because she's probably backtracking at this point because she realizes how she's coming off and that the ladies aren't buying it. They're not going to cover for her anymore. She tries to go on this whole thing about how she doesn't take herself too seriously. And Bethany, because she just can't help but chime in, she says, look, you had a thing and your thing was Countess. And you can tell Luann's a little insulted like that. She's like, it's not a thing. It's an honorary title, and I'm very proud of it. 
And I'll give her that. That was a little bit dismissive of Bethany. But then all the ladies basically call her out, including Ramona, who really goes for it. And she's just saying, look, in real life, you know, one on one, you're a great lady, but you did. You kind of thought you were better than everybody else. You were trying to say this, trying to say that. And then we get, because don't forget, Luann is the originator of the Ramona crazy eyes saying. And Luann says to Ramona, really, Ramona, you're going to sit there with your crazy eyes and tell me who I am? And that just sets Ramona off. And it's probably because of her childhood. Her father was a bit crazy. I'm sure being called crazy is a trigger for her. And you can tell it is by the way she reacts. And she defends herself. She says she's not crazy. She doesn't have crazy eyes. And because it was a trigger for Ramona, she then goes in deep. And I would have loved to have either had Andy go in a little bit more on this or had them not edit some of this out. But you can tell the ladies do cover for each other a little bit because Ramona then calls out Luann for hanging all over the guys at the page six party. And then she points to Bethany and says grabbing her her date's balls at the wedding which I don't know what she's talking about, but you can tell Bethany kind of before they cut the the scene, Bethany says, look, we're not going to go there. So I'm really interested to see. I would just love to have them on the podcast because I want to ask, what was that all about? And you can tell Luann at this point is getting pissed. But Ramona says, look, if you attack me, I'll attack you right back. So don't say I have crazy eyes. I'm not crazy. But Ramona goes on to say that the Countess really used the whole Countess thing as a crutch because she wasn't happy with things in her own life, alluding to the fact that her marriage was falling apart. And Ramona says they were all sick of it, all of the cast members, even if they won't admit it, and says they were all talking amongst themselves as to how they were going to bust her on it. And Luann's pretty sly because she turns this into, you're going to bust me on it because my marriage was falling apart. As to the fact that, no, they were going to bust you on it because you were making everyone feel like shit, like they weren't having good manners and etiquette and calling them out, telling them not to do things that they've seen you do in the past right in front of them. So Luann plays a little victim here and, you know, says, why would you want to bust me when you know my marriage was falling apart? But again, it was really just about her acting high and mighty. And Bethany does kind of interject a little bit of truth here and says, look, you were telling Jill, oh, darling, it's a really shitty thing and rude thing to put lipstick on at the table. And oh, darling, I wouldn't ever ask a man for his number. But you do those things. And that's what we were calling you out on, not the fact that your marriage was falling apart. And as Bethany puts it, you painted yourself into the perfect corner. You can't be perfect because nobody's perfect. And so you set yourself up to fail with this. And Jill agrees with Bethany and you see Luann kind of come across the couch and say, Jill, you're not being my friend right now. And they both try to say, yes, she is. She's just being honest with you. But I do think that's also kind of the beginning of the concept of them being friends and covering for each other. It was an interesting little snippet. And then Luann makes the cardinal sin of trying. And I think this is the first blame on editing that we see in The Housewives. I could be wrong, but I think it's the first blaming on editing because Luann says, really, it was edited to look that way. She says, Jill's the first to say, meet my friend Countess. She has a lot of fun with it. All of her friends love it. And Bethany says, look, it wasn't edited that way. I've been out with you. It's it's how you're portraying yourself. Like, don't try to go there. And Ramona just says, look, you have a condescending way about you when you do this shit. You just do. And Luann, of course, disagrees. And Bethany calls out that, well, calling everybody darling really is condescending. 
But Luann is not going to have that because as she says, darling is her favorite word and she's not going to give it up. And you can see Luann is just pissed about where this is going. She says to Jill, look, I thought you thought I was a classy, elegant lady and I'm sorry you don't. And it just goes on and on. And finally, they kind of come to a resolution. Luann admits that she's not perfect, even though she's a countess. And it seems like they all kind of, it just naturally comes to an end. There was a resolution to it. And then Kelly has to interject. And she's like, look, hold on. Before we end, I have something to say. You know, you all talk about authenticity and blah, blah, blah. And then she looks at all the ladies and says, but who cares? And all of the women are just like, oh, my God, Kelly. And Jill's like, well, let's just go home. You know, what What do we need to be here for? And as Jill yells across the, the couches at her, why do you think we're here, Kelly? What do you think we're doing? And Bethany kind of baits her and goads her. She says, what do you want to talk about then? And Kelly says, you know, interesting, fun things. And Bethany's like, exactly. You want to talk about stuff? Let's talk about stuff. It's really funny because that's who Kelly is. And Kelly, of course, has to throw in the, honestly, I'm bored. This is boring. So then Andy kind of has to jump in and explain the reason why they're there is they're going over the season. So you better care because that's why we're all here. And I couldn't help but note, and poor Jill, I'm sure she hates going back and watching these because back and forth throughout this whole little scene and actually throughout the whole reunion, but really in this part, especially as she's kind of, you know, uncrossing her legs, crossing them the other way, her spanks are just continually showing underneath her dress. And I'm sure she just hates it. And so with that, Andy then turns to Jill. It's her time to kind of get put on the hot seat, have her video package shown. And Andy opens up with, well, you sure do spend a lot of money, but you also do a lot of charity work, which seems to be steeped in a ton of drama. So then they roll her video package, which really, again, it's interesting to see what editing chooses to put in there because they show a lot of the charity event planning, Jill's charity event, and all of the drama that, that surrounded that. Of course, the awesome episode at the last planning event at Jill's house where she goes in with Ramona. They, of course, have to show the Jill Bethany fight about the whole skinny girl bar and Jill losing her shit and really being an asshole to Bethany about it. And so once the video package is over, Andy says your fight with Bethany was really surprising. And Jill, she starts off, you think she's going to have a mea copa. She says that she owes Bethany an apology. But then in typical narcissist fashion, she takes zero accountability for her behavior. And she says, because I let you, and she points to Ramona, get me all crazy. And it's like, there's zero accountability. She's blaming others for her behavior. There's nothing likable or even honest about that. It's like, no, Jill, you got yourself all hyped up. And then you, I mean, you can kind of say that Ramona was a little bit of the shit stir, I guess, by noticing the signage. But Jill just took that shit to a whole new level. But of course, there's zero accountability. And then Jill goes on to say that she she makes things up in her head. She blows them out of proportion and blows them up. She makes up these kind of storylines. And this the way that she felt about this was that Bethany did this on purpose and did it maliciously, which is just absurd. It's I don't really know if that's even true. I just think at this stage in the game, you could tell Jill was definitely trying to kind of side with with Kelly. I think she thought Kelly was going to be a better star or personality because of her socialite status. And then now, of course, with the arrest that happens after the cameras shut down with Kelly and then the fact that Bethany's book blows up New York Times bestseller 
She's getting, you know, the fans just love her. I think at this point, this is why we see the shift in the reunion where all of a sudden Jill is back to being Team Bethany and has really given it to Kelly. And as Bethany points out about the fight, she's like, look, it's not like I had Bethany Frankel everywhere, right? It was Frangelico, the company who sponsored the entire bar. They wanted their signage and it's totally understandable. And then Ramona kind of tries to play cover and she goes on about how there was really nothing negative that she and Jill said at the the charity setup where they were just going in on Bethany. And Bethany's like, seriously, Ramona, you need to get off the crack pipe for a couple of minutes and like deal with this conversation. And then we get an awesome Ramonaism. And I don't know if she just misspoke or if she doesn't know that it's a crack pipe because she says, I'm not on a crack pike with a K. It's so Ramona. I love it. So then Kelly can't help but chime in because of course she can't. And she explains that this is what really did upset her. And it's what she can't stand about charity work. She says it was very evident that everyone was just going to come in with branding. Ramona with her true renewal. Jill was there in fabrics. The Countess with her book. Bethany was skinny girl. And then Jill, it's like, I love these moments of Jill because she's totally freaking right. She's like, let me school you a little bit on charity, Kelly. And then she throws in because you say you don't do charity work, which is so great. And she says, people just don't write a check because you're pretty. They donate money. They write a check because it's a business opportunity. They get signage. They get publicity. That's how charity works, which then kind of parlays into exactly, Jill, then why didn't you understand what was going on with the Skinny Girl Bar and why Frangelico would want their signage everywhere? Hello? It's like she literally made the point for Bethany right then and there. And then Kelly, in her typical Kelly fucking way, she's like, hold up. And her response, this is, it's so epic. Her response is, Jill, when I was 15, I was honored for being one of the most charitable persons in my area. And it's like, good Lord, Kelly. I mean, you can just tell again, everyone's just looking at her like, what the fuck is she talking about? She's just off a rocker. And she just continues to go on about how that's her fundamental problem with charity. And she's like, how can you do it without donations, Kelly? You just you just can't. And because Kelly's been backed into a corner of her own stupidity, she kind of pulls the thing she did with Bethany at Jill's house. She's like, Jill, stop, stop. And they all just kind of Bethany does the impression. They all kind of start laughing. And Kelly's like, look, sometimes having a conversation with you ladies is just not having a conversation. And Bethany's like, yeah, that's because we're not on planet Kelly. And just as a side note, it's really interesting, but I noticed that Kelly is licking her lips constantly the entire time. And she does it a lot throughout the season. Fast forward to season three, you'll see where I get in some of the, the comments that I make. So just remember this. But especially in light of, I don't know if you guys have seen Diana... Is it Diana or Diane? I think it's Diana. The new Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that's just been debuted on this season. She's got a ton of cash. She seems to have been a partier. I know she dated Kid Rock a bunch, but everyone is commenting on how she's constantly licking her lips. And a lot of people are making insinuations that people who do drugs or cocaine do a lot of this lick licking, lick, lip, lip licking. <laughs> I say that 10 times fast. But I just, it was weird because that was kind of out there in the zeitgeist right now. And then all of a sudden, I really picked up on it where Kelly just can't stop licking her lips in this episode and really throughout the season. So side note, but more to come on that for season three. 
And then Jill also talks about the fact that Alex didn't sell any tickets until the last minute. And Andy talks to Alex about it, who says, yeah, she finally did, you know, sell some tickets. Some of her friends came. And I think one of her friends even bought a charity item. So it wasn't a total bust in the end for Alex. And Jill, of course, she kind of acknowledges it, but she's like, yeah, Alex totally underperformed. But she does admit that she had a good reason because Jill's like, look, or not Jill, but Alex says, look, you you know, I was working like 50 hours a week at that time. I was absolutely crazy. I was raising two boys. She should have said it, but she didn't. But it's, you know, come on, Jill. I'm not sitting around with the rich husband with nothing to do all day. That's really what she should have said. But Jill kind of sees it. She gives her a break by saying she had a good reason for underperforming. So then Andy turns to the husbands and says they generated so much drama This season could have been called The Real House Husbands of New York City. Bethany's like, yeah, new show. And I'd like to point out this is another way in which Roni really set the tone for all to come, like Real Housewives of New Jersey. We all know all of us love The Real House Husbands of New Jersey. We love Frank. We love Joe. We love Joe. Joe B. Joe G. Evan. Bill. When the guys get together, it's it's totally fun. We love to see them all together. And it's really become an interesting part of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And then there's the other husbands that we love. You know, Mauricio's a much loved husband on Beverly Hills. Lisa Renna would really love to make Harry Hamlin a much loved house husband of Beverly Hills. But we've seen a lot of the men get more in the mix. But this is really the first time that we see the Real Housewives have a little bit of side drama and attention focusing on the husbands. And I hate to give Simon credit, but I don't think much of this would be happening without her creepy Simon. So then Andy runs a video package of the husbands. And it starts in, and I kind of forgot that this was season two as well, because it's right in the beginning. But he starts in with Jill giving that shitty article about Simon, where she says he drinks too much and all of that. Then they move on to the Mario and Jill drama where Mario calls out Jill and says, you know, this like 15 minutes of fame is getting a bit much to your head. The world does not revolve around Jill. And then in a total shady production moment, but how could you resist this? They play that clip of Mario and Ramona out at dinner where they're sitting outside on the sidewalk at a restaurant in New York City. And a woman walks by and Mario totally gives her the up and down. It's like, I would be so embarrassed if that was my husband. And then they go into kind of that Simon and Alex, Ramona and Mario fight at one of the parties where Simon walks away saying, hypocrite, hypocrite. And so when they come back, Andy starts right in on Mario, which he goes into her getting into Jill's, him getting into Jill's face and asks, does he have anger management issues? And Ramona says, look, he's a passionate guy. He probably should have handled it differently. And Bethany chimes in with, I I think he actually wants to be on the show. And they kind of, they go a little bit into, he, he likes the spotlight. Jill has to kind of go nasty and say, I think he's actually competing with you for the spotlight, Ramona. And I think Bethany was more right that he liked being on the show. I think Jill was just being nasty. I don't think he's trying to compete with her for the spotlight. I just think he likes it. They bring up the fact that Mario was also doing a blog, which he wasn't paid for or had to do. But I did find it interesting to see kind of the differences and the similarities in how the husbands are talked about, especially versus Real Housewives of New Jersey. Remember the reunion that just happened with Jennifer and even Teresa calling Joe Gorga a little bitch boy? And why are you getting involved in the drama? Why do you want to be on camera? And let's be honest, 
we all know it's because the audience loves it. So they they need to stop with this nonsense. But this was a this was back when they were a bit more respectful to each other. None of them would have called each other or really the house the the husbands a bitch boy for this. But it's an interesting dichotomy and some similarities with with what's going on now with the treatment of the husbands. And again, Roni blazed the trail. Give credit where credit is due. And then, because as I said, Andy is not afraid to go there in these first reunions, Andy goes in deep with Mario's wandering eye. And Ramona says she didn't notice it, and Jill actually brought it up to her, and so she replayed it a couple of times and then saw it. And Ramona says there's nothing wrong with looking or flirting in all reality. We've been married a long time, and she says, make note of this. She says, you know, we've been married 18 years And flash forward to season three, where she tries to have a 17-year reunion. And I just couldn't help because I've always said, I really don't think it was their 17-year reunion. I think it was more like their 20-year reunion. But Ramona is one of those people who kind of lies or covers up for her age. So right there, I think we know they're wrong because this is months later. So they're probably almost going on 19 years at this point. But Ramona says back then they were married for 18 years. So put a pin in that. Don't forget she said it. And then they also kind of go for Ramona. They show that clip of Simon saying if they were as puritanical as their cross business, maybe he could respect them. And they kind of do a callback to the season one, especially the reunion walk off where they talk about Alex's uh, topless pictures. And they call her out a little bit for being mad at Alex and the photos. And so Ramona tries to say it wasn't about the photos. It was about the fact that you didn't tell me about them. And she goes on to say, you should have shared things with me. And Bethany's like, give me a break. You're not even close. Like, you want her to share these things with you? Like, come on. Do you tell her everything that's going on in your life? Give me a break. And I do love that again, because Bethany is our Greek chorus. And I love that she calls out the bullshit. Because right there, it's like, give me a break, Ramona. You were just pissed because Avery school, I think Avery had to switch schools because the school was so pissed about the the nude photos and her being on the housewife show. Because again, it was just season one. They didn't, they weren't really famous and popular. Now, I'm sure now the school would have absolutely no problem with them being on the show. But back then, when it was a nothing, it became a problem. So things with that kind of die down. And then they go to a commercial break and they come back and kind of do one of those little short snippet scenes. It's like with the Kelly running in the in the streets scene. It's just a really quick little in-between commercials. And it starts with Jill saying, you know what, at a certain age, you need to wear a bra. And of course, they have this whole thing about Jill doesn't say bra, she says bra. And Andy just goes in because Jill was talking about Kelly. And so they show a couple clips of her where she's clearly not wearing a bra. And Kelly, because she's totally inauthentic, and she can't be real, instead of just saying, oh, I guess you're probably right, Jill, maybe I should. She instead says that she she wears a bra a lot. And as she's talking about how often she wears a bra, both Ramona and Alex, who are sitting on either side of her on the couch, look over at her and kind of look down her shirt and both point out that, well, you're not even wearing a bra right now. And Kelly's like, well, well, I can't wear one right now, but I, I wear one a lot. And then that quick little scene ends. But again, I just think they're starting to drop the little hints of how inauthentic and really just out in la-la land Kelly is. So when they come back, Andy is now going to get to the good part, the part we were all really waiting to see play out. And he says, it's hard to mention Kelly without mentioning Bethany. 
Andy reminds us that this is one of the most talked about fights in all of Housewives history. So again, this is the stuff that put Housewives on the map. And so much of it really does revolve around Bethany because I will go down saying, and I will argue anyone who disagrees with me, Bethany is one of the greatest, most epic housewives to ever grace our screen. Whether you love her or you hate her, you can't deny that fact. And here we are with Andy mentioning the fact that this show really got so much of its attention because of Bethany and then the introduction of Kelly and what ensued between the two of them. So then they launch into a video package, which should show you alone how much publicity this generated, that their fight and their couple of fights really get their own video package at the reunion. So they start with the very beginning where Kelly and Bethany end up sitting next to each other at the Pamela Rowland show. Was it Pamela Rowland? I forget the show that they're sitting next to. I feel like maybe it wasn't Pamela Rowland because that's the one that um, Alex went with her on. But she goes to those two shows and it was the other one. And so Kelly's there. They're sitting next to each other. And again, it's like, I feel like Kelly does this stuff on purpose. She brings up the fact that she is going to a party with a rock and roll photographer and says, you really should come over, you know, come with me or whatever. I really want you to come. And Bethany's like, yeah, I dated a rock and roll photographer. And Kelly's like, oh, really great. Anyway, and does the like pass by. And it's just, you can tell why it just gets off to a bad start. Because as Bethany says, she knows exactly who I'm talking about because she flirted with them at a party right in front of my face. So then the package moves on to the Madonna comment at Jill's charity event. And then, of course, the epic brass monkey encounter that I'm up here and you're down there talk. And then they also go over the uh, Bethany's attempt to talk to Kelly again at Jill's house, which, of course, is totally unsuccessful. So when the package ends, Andy goes right in and says, all right, Kelly, we've got to go in. Like, what did you mean with this is you and this is me, where she puts her hand up and then her hand down? And Kelly says, well, I meant that we're totally different. And she just kind of, of course, tries to spin it in like cuckoo way. And Andy tries to get to her and says, don't you see how it could come off? Like, I'm up here. You're down here. I'm so much better than you. And then in a total nonsensical way, she's like, well, so is this. And she put her her puts her hands on even plane, but on one side or the other. Like, this means long. This could mean short. It's like, what the hell is she talking about? And Jill's like, if you just put your hands out, like making the motion for this long or this short, you wouldn't have gotten the flack that you did. Like, you have to understand it's not the same thing as saying I'm up here and putting your hand up and saying you're down here and putting your hand down, like making the other gestures are not the same thing. And then Kelly says, Bethany and I are totally different, which put a pin in that because in about, I don't know, two minutes, she's going to say that she and Bethany are exactly the same. So just remember, she just said she and Bethany are totally different. And then Bethany goes in and says, look, I have a biting tongue and I've apologized to everyone here on occasion for when I get a little too snarky. And I actually was ready to say I'm sorry to you. But to use your own words at the Brass Monkey, you attacked me. And then Kelly, because she just can't ever accept anything or talk really about anything that's on topic. She says, it's not about attacking. It's it's as my father used to say, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. It's your tone. And Bethany's like, exactly. So look in a mirror. And then Kelly just goes on and on about how she gave Bethany a chance. She gave Bethany the publicity. And Bethany's like, you really need to get your vocabulary straight. You have no clue what is going on on this planet. And as Bethany says, delusion is the best because you're the last to know. It's so good. And then because Kelly is about to do a total turnabout, she says, we could have been 
best friends, you and me, Bethany. You and I were exactly the same. You're a brunette and I'm a blonde. So first off, brunettes and blondes are not exactly the same. Second off, she's not a a blonde and everyone kind of calls her out like, you're a blonde? Like, what are you talking about? She totally has brown hair in the reunion. And then third of all, you just said you and Bethany are totally different. And now you're coming in with we're exactly the same. We could have been best friends. It's like, whoa, truly, like, where is this woman's head? And then Alex jumps in here. And I have to say, we don't really see or hear a whole lot from Alex in this reunion. And I really can't help but wonder if this is editing and production because they realize the money was being made with Bethany and Kelly and Bethany and Jill and Ramona kind of getting into it with all of them. But I thought it was a total foreshadowing because, you know, now she lives in Australia and she's a psychologist. And so I thought it was very fitting that she jumps in and says that she'd like to weigh in and really tries to understand what was going on. And it's like, Bethany, I I understand that you're saying that doing up here and down here, it makes you think she's saying she's better than you. And Kelly, I think you were actually very inarticulate in saying what you were trying to get across. And it probably would have been a little bit better if you could be more articulate with how you're feeling. And she really gets into it onto where both of them are coming from. And it's just so appropriate that she's a psychologist now because or a therapist, whatever she is. I just thought it was it was really good. It was kind of a nice normal moment that we don't get a lot on a Real Housewives reunion, which is why I'm sure they don't give you a whole lot of Alex. And who knows, maybe they were kind of cutting out her scenes. They weren't really playing as much, which the creepy Simon sightings are fucking creepy, but they do get good play and they do get a lot of publicity. So then Andy launches in on Kelly again and says he's got a viewer comment that mentions that constant tardiness is really a sign that you think your time is more important than everybody else around you. So then Kelly launches into the Halloween party, which I forgot about the Halloween party too. And if you recall, everyone left their parties that they went to, these fabulous parties to go to Kelly's party, support her. She didn't ever bother showing up. I think she showed up at like 11 o'clock or whatever time it was, but everyone at that point had left. And so Kelly launches into that Jill and Luann knew she was going to be late. Everybody knew. And Jill gets pissed. And she says it like, now I'm pissed. She's like, that's not true. She starts demanding someone to get her phone because clearly back then they weren't allowing them to keep their phones behind their pillows like they do now, which I do think they shouldn't let them have their phones with them. Note to Bravo, make them sit in the moment. Phones stay in backstage. And then Ramona, because you can tell Ramona knows that nobody knew she was going to be late. So Ramona says, okay, now I agree with you. She's kind of hopped off the Kelly train and she says she's delusional. And she tries to high-five Bethany. And Bethany's like, I'm, I'm not high-fiving delusion. It's just, I'm glad we all see it, but I'm not going to high-five you. And then in true Bethany fashion, she kind of just hits her with the truth and says, I'd also like to remind you that you were on time to Heidi Klum's ha- uh, Halloween party that night. So you clearly don't have a problem being on time. It's just what you think is important to be on time too. And for those of you who don't know, Heidi Klum, who is also a model and clearly in that world that Kelly's in and somebody who's way more fabulous than Kelly would have thought these people are, she throws a huge Halloween party every year. You may have remembered she's, I mean, she goes all out of her costumes. That one year, she was that um, Indian goddess, the, the blue goddess with the mini arms. She's, she just, she goes all out. Like it's a full on, I mean, she sits in hair and makeup and it's a pretty extravagant party. And so clearly Kelly knows it's fabulous and wants to be there. So as Bethany points out, she was on time to Heidi Klum's party, but couldn't bother showing up to her own. 
And then Luann points out, like, did you ever apologize to me or to anybody for not showing up at all? And then Kelly chimes in with, you know, honestly, Luann, did you even read your own book? And I just love this moment because there's this little background, ooh, from Ramona. And I just can't help for some reason that always stuck in the back of my mind with Ramona just kind of, ooh, like, ooh, she's going in deep. I love it. And they go on and on. And finally, Luann's like, look, I clearly just need to give you a copy of my book. And you can tell they must have been going round and round in circles with Kelly and her like cuckoo behavior and whatever her explanation. And I'm being kind by calling them explanations are for her behavior because Ramona looks at Andy and is like, please, enough with the Kelly stuff. Like we have to stop. It's crazy and I can't take it. And I think that's a pretty good explanation for how all of us feel with Kelly at this moment. So then Andy clearly knows he's got to wrap it up and ask Bethany if she and Kelly could ever be friends. And Bethany claps back with, well, it can't really get any worse. Like, could it? Could it get any worse? And I love Ramona's like, well, are you sure? Because it's about to get worse. Good foreshadowing to season three. Jill, it's kind of funny. Jill's like, he asked you, but the question is, could you guys be friends? And I feel like she already did kind of answer it. I just kind of thought that was like a little bitchy moment from Jill. And Bethany says, I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I don't know if we could be friends. She says, I laughed, I cried, it was better than the brass monkey. Instead of I laughed, I cried, it was better than cats, which was one of her her other lines. So I thought that was pretty funny too. And then it's really funny that they put this little piece in and I couldn't help but think that, I don't know, Jill must have demanded that this piece get in here because I've talked about Jill's mother, Gloria, before. And she is, you think Jill's a narcissist? Usually narcissists breed narcissists. And her mother is just insufferable to watch. But instead of being honest about it, because I have a feeling Jill forced them to do this, Andy says, now let's take a look at everyone's favorite, the real Yenta of New York City, Jill's mom, Gloria. And there's this short video package of Gloria where she's giving Bethany advice. It's kind of in the very beginning. I think it's one of the first couple of episodes. If you remember, Gloria and her dad and uh, Jill's dad visit Jill out at the Hamptons at the end of summer. Bethany is staying with Jill all summer. And Gloria is just giving Bethany advice. You know, they see her as the wounded, poor victim. She's just broken up with Jason number one. So there's all these clips of Gloria giving the Bethany advice and then being in the house. And we see the clip of uh, Bethany saying, Gloria's like the mafia. Once you're in, you can't get out. And for whatever reason, Jill gets really emotional and she's like crying and she's like, oh, I just wish she was here. She's the best. She's the best. And I'm sure her mother demands her to behave like that. So I feel like a, a bit of it was just it was just off because Gloria wasn't anyone's favorite. I mean, like I said, she was insufferable. You couldn't make her happy. She bitched and complained about everything. She's totally ungrateful. She just seems like an absolute fucking nightmare to be a, be around. And they're trying to push her as like everyone's favorite. It was like just it just seemed really off. And as Jill throws out there, she's like, you know, she got an advice column in the Daily News down in Florida where they live. So I also feel like she got the advice column in the Daily News. Jill's kind of forcing them to do the package like Gloria's like misadvice giver and she's so good and everybody loves her. It just it didn't ring true to me. But as Jill said, I think my mother would be horrified by all of our behavior. And that I do think is true. And Andy kind of parlays off of that and is like, yeah, what's fascinating about all of you women is you guys have these huge blow ups and then somehow you kind of make up and move on. 
And I love it because Bethany points out, well, not totally true because Kelly and I have done a pretty good job keeping it consistently icy. Like we're not we're not having blow ups and then moving on and making up. But Bethany explains it is kind of like family. And and Luann goes on and says the same thing because there's other situations like with she and Jill and they make up. And then Bethany explains that the biggest question she gets from everybody is if this is really real or if it's scripted. And she says, I just want to say it's real. And she gives this and I love it. It's a little behind the scenes moment because she explains that she, Jill, Luann and Ramona went out to dinner off camera and says that Luann and Ramona went at it with each other all dinner long. It was worse than ever. And she's like, trust me, it's real. And so at that moment, Andy then wraps up the reunion. It's kind of fascinating because, you know, now they end the reunions with they all have like a drink and it's usually something that's either on point or kind of in line with something that they did that season. And they have a toast and he asks one of the housewives to give a little toast going out. But there's none of that. There's no toast. There's really no end. He just kind of says kisses. Kind of think it's funny. Jill waves goodbye sitting on the couch and then the reunion's over. It's very anticlimactic. But again, it's a bit authentic. They don't do the whole produced, okay, let's bring out the glasses of champs, like they, you know, for Heather on The Real Housewives of OC or something similar like that that they do with some of the others. It's just kind of naturally comes to an end and they wrap it up. So with that, that's the end of our two-part breakdown of Roni's season two reunion. But we're not totally done with season two, because we have one more episode, which is the lost footage, which I love going over. It's I'm always surprised, especially in these first couple seasons where there's only 12 episodes. I'm always really interested to see some of the stuff that hit the cutting room floor, which is what their lost footage really is, just the stuff that didn't air. Because some of it's really good, and I know a lot of it would have made, now that they do, you know, 20 episodes or make it a full season, a lot of this would have made the full show. So join us next week when we break down our last episode going over season two of Roni, The Lost Footage. And then, as I said, we're on to season three. We are cruising straight for Scary Island. So all aboard. And as always, please like and follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Deep Fix Podcast. And you can find our podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and most other places you get your podcasts. Until next time, see y'all then.